This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Alone Together, a coronavirus podcast. I'm Morvan McIntyre. And I'm Matt Millard. Alone Together is the podcast that provides practical advice on how to cope during the coronavirus pandemic. So whether it's hygiene advice, training tips for your new puppy in lockdown, or how to stay fit and healthy, don't fear, we've got your back. Alone Together also tells the stories of the fantastic people who are doing their bit to keep our local communities going. On today's episode, we find out how different religious groups are staying connected and keeping a strong sense of community despite religious buildings remaining closed. We speak to Reverend Andy Salmon from Salford, who is keeping his church connected digitally via Zoom. Uh, So the key priorities for us were um, to stay in touch with everybody, obviously, and also to give people what we wanted to do was continue a sense of... uh, worshipping God together and supporting each other. And we also hear from Tanzir Rahman from Bolton, who shares how he has had to modify the holiest month in the Muslim calendar as he practices Ramadan. You know, we have a Jummah prayer, you know, middle of the day, and it's a really special prayer for us to go to the mosque to do. Um, Again, it's something that we're not able to do at the moment, and we're having to kind of change our way. But first... This week, Boris Johnson announced on Sunday that England would begin to see the start of lockdown restrictions relaxing from this week. On Monday, he explained in a little more detail, coinciding with the release of a 50-page roadmap to easing the lockdown. The document explained how the restrictions could be relaxed between now and the 1st of July if all goes to plan. The easing of restrictions is split into three steps, the first of which was introduced this week, which included encouraging those in industries such as construction and engineering to return to work, if it was safe to do so. We now need to stress that anyone who can't work from home, for instance, those in construction or manufacturing, should be actively encouraged to go to work, and we want it to be safe for you to get to work. So you should avoid public transport, if at all possible, because we must and will maintain social distancing and Capacity will therefore be limited. Those in England can now enjoy unlimited exercise and the ability to now enjoy parks without the need to exercise. From this Wednesday, we want to encourage people to take more and even unlimited amounts of outdoor exercise. You can sit in the sun in your local park, you can drive to other destinations, you can even play sports only with members of your own household. You must obey the rules on social distancing and to enforce those rules we will increase the fines 
for the small minority who break them. The plan stages have caused controversy, with many questions being asked of the government by the public, the media, rival political groups and even the leaders of the UK's three other nations, as unlike England, they still remain in full lockdown. As a Scottish citizen, Morven, what are your thoughts on Boris's relaxing of the lockdown in England this week? I think it's a hard decision for any government to call because we don't know yet what the second wave of the coronavirus could look like. I think that's the main reason why in Scotland Nicola Sturgeon has said that we're going to keep very much the lockdown for the next few weeks in case we do get a second wave. So I think it's just really hard to call. And I think as well with things like exercise, that really has a positive impact on people's mental health. So I can see why more than one form of exercise a day is something that they've written on that plan because, you know, exercise is so important. And yeah, like I said, it's great for your mental health. What are your thoughts on it all, Matt? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, Boris and, and, and the government have kind of entrusted the public, basically, you know, w- with some common sense. And hopefully if, if you know, people adhere and stick to the social distancing rules, um, then this won't result in a backward step and we can continue to move forward. Now, even with the relaxing of lockdown restrictions, large public gatherings are still not possible as we adhere to social distancing rules. So along with many workplaces, restaurants, bars and schools, places of worship remain closed. However, this doesn't mean the community spirit within the church can't continue. Alone Together's Dan McLaughlin spoke to Reverend Andy Salmon about staying connected with his church through the use of technology. First of all, obviously this has been a big change for for people um, who want to go for worship. Well, they simply can't. Um, places of worship have been shut down. How have you been adapting to the circumstances? It was an interesting journey. The first couple of weeks were manic and a bit panicked, really, um, <clears throat> as we adjusted. So... But but there were that you know we could see it coming to some extent because of what was happening elsewhere, and um, the the rules at church were changing anyway. So one week I was saying we shouldn't shake each other's hands. The next week I was saying we shouldn't shake each other's hands and we can't have uh, the wine communion. And so things were changing little by little, and then. Um, and then obviously, once we were told that you can't meet in church, it was like, oh, okay, right, what are we going to do then? Uh, so the key priorities for us were um, to stay in touch with everybody, obviously, and also to give people what we wanted to do was continue a sense of uh, worshipping God together and supporting each other. And so we've been able to do that, um, I think, reasonably well. We we uh, are staying in touch with each other through all the means. So um, I have quite a few phone conversations with people during the week. Um, I also have other people in the church are ringing other people. So we've got a kind of a system, really, if you like, where different ones of us are, are looking after people, particularly when we're worried about people and they might be a bit more vulnerable or whatever. Um, but we're also doing all the messaging, um, 
text messages and Facebook messages and emails and, and, and all of that. Just try and keep a sense of being in touch with everyone. Um, we then, of course, for uh, Sunday morning worship, what we what we decided fairly early on during that first week, really, um, everybody was using Zoom. So we thought, you know, yep, let's get on with this technology. So we've chosen to go down the Zoom route. Different churches are, are doing different approaches. So some are producing videos on YouTube. Others are doing Facebook Live. Um, for us, what we decided was that we wanted that sense of gathering together and that Zoom for us uh, enables that better than most formats. Um, so we gather at 11 o'clock. Our, our service normally is at 11.15. So we gather at 11 or start gathering and we have chit-chat, you know, say, saying hi, how's things, that sense of community, really, and support. Um, and then we are um, we start the service itself at 11.15. I've prepared you know, PowerPoint slides so that we can share those, so that people can see something on their screen, but they can also, down the side, see other people joining in. Um, we, because of the the nature of uh, video conferencing, we, we mute everybody or it would be cacophonous. Um, mm. But but we unmute at certain key points and, and so people are able to at least know that we're all there. Um, and that seems to work pretty well. We're even singing now um, in that we've got um, our director of music is recording stuff during the week. Um, and then I play, he, he records it on his piano at home. He records him singing it. Um, and we, we put the words up, play the music and people can sing along. Um, some people I can see from their screens that they're, they're, they're muted at this point. So they can hear, they can hear David singing and they can hear the music and they can hear themselves singing. And, and some people are joining in and others are just listening and enjoying that. And that's fine. It does seem to work. Um, and uh, so we're, we're basically getting a, a reasonably much a proper service, quite like we would have in church. I mean, it is different, but it's quite similar. Um, and we decided early on as well that we do a sort of a a slimmed down version of that that we put out as a video at the same time, so that people who aren't don't have the confidence to join us on Zoom or aren't free at that time, at least have something to join in with. Um, and it's that tends to be a sort of a 15, 20-minute version of the service um, with um, sermon and a bit of music and some prayers, that sort of thing. And again, that's been really well received. It's... Um... Obviously, you, you've had to adapt to reach people who have, you know, physically separated. When it comes to when the lockdown is lifted, and there, there might be some people who are not able to get to to services just for other reasons than, you know, the, the yeah. coronavirus. Is this something that you're going to perhaps adapt and use in the future? 
I think it. I think it may well be. Yes. I mean, I think, and a lot of churches are thinking about this. And of course, we've, we're also very aware that we've got more people than usual turning up at church, in a sense, because we actually, you know, the numbers are very good. Um, I mean, I'm. I'm also one of the other things I'm doing is I'm doing um, morning prayer live on Facebook, um, and when I do. You know, when I go into church and I say morning prayer, I, I pray in church sort of with the doors open publicly. But, you know, there might be three of us there. Um, these days, I'm, I'm often I'm aware of 10, 20 people that are joining in with me at the time. Um, and then more who are watching it later. So that's uh, that's quite significant numbers, really. Um, yeah, for something that is fairly basic and, and happens every day, um, that's pretty decent numbers. So we're clearly going to be thinking, what does this mean for us? What are we going to do? Um, you know, th- this isn't going to go away in a sense. Now, when when things return to normal, and, and I've been giving this quite a bit of thought, but at first, I was thinking, well, there'll come a point where we're all out back in church, and that'll, you know, like big bang, we're back, uh, everyone's together, we'll have a big party, you know, and I don't think it's going to be like that because it's going to be bit by bit, and when we do reopen, there'll be some people who can't come uh, for whatever reason, and there'll be some things that we won't be able to do. So. So I think certainly some of the uh, online stuff is going to continue um, and people will appreciate it. How that will work at this stage, there's still stuff to work out. Um, I mean, it's certainly the case that we've always been a congregation where we're never quite sure who's going to be there on any given Sunday because people have other commitments and, you know, sometimes people are working on a Sunday, sometimes people are going to see family or whatever. Um, and there are a lot of people who aren't there every week. So doing stuff online probably gives us an opportunity to, um, I suppose, reach out to a bigger number of people each week. The well, arguably the, the most important day in, um, in the Christian calendar, you know, Easter, uh, yeah. the Friday and Easter Sunday, happened during the lockdown. Yeah. W- what What was that like? Trying to, you know, it's obviously it's a very important celebration, but it's completely, uh, you know, you've had to completely change the way you deliver a service. How was it like trying to do that for Easter? Yeah, it was. <sighs> It was hard. I mean, having the whole, you know, because usually Holy Week is really busy week with some, you know, lovely events. Um, Easter Day, we usually have an early service and then we have breakfast together and there's a real buzz to it. Actually, one of the things I miss the most, strangely, um, is usually we have the service on Good Friday and then on the Saturday, there aren't any services at all, but we get the church ready and we 
decorate the church with flowers and we clean it, you know, polish everything. And just that effort to make the place really look welcoming and bright and fresh and, and everything. And I miss doing that because there's a, a sense of community with that as well. You know, you're getting ready. Um, we did miss that, but, you know, we did, a, I think, a pretty decent job of making people, getting people engaged with the story. Um, and we had a, a good gathering on Monday, Thursday, uh, which we did on Zoom. And we, we, Good Friday felt, Good Friday felt like a day when we didn't necessarily need to have the chit chat and uh, and all of that that you get with Zoom. So we actually just did do a video then. Um, but I made sure that the video featured plenty of images of our community, of our area, as well as lots of people from church taking part in readings that I got them to record and. And it was really quite moving, and people did really appreciate it. Um, and the celebration on Easter Sunday, we had that on Zoom, and we had lots of people there, some people that we've not seen for ages. Um, one of the strange things about Zoom is that people can join in from all over. So we've got two of our congregation are um, were on holiday on a Greek island, and they're still there, but they're still still able to join in with our services, which is fantastic. What what difference does a physical thing like the church, a, a church, what what is that difference between do, you know delivering a service online and having that, that physical setting? I've always said that, and I mean I say to to the congregation regularly, I say you know the church is the people. So quite often we um, we talk in shorthand and we say, I'm going down to church, and we mean the building. Um, but actually the church is the people. Of that I am clear. And in that sense, you know, meeting online, we are still the church. Very definitely we are still the church. I think most clergy, if you ask them, We'll have a bit of a love-hate relationship with buildings, with church buildings, because quite often they can be difficult things to maintain. They can be um, problematic in, you know, in some of our rougher areas. They suffer from vandalism and all that sort of thing. They cost a lot of money to to heat and repair and things. Um, and yet, they are also public. Um, reminders of the presence of the church in that community and at their best they also enable people in a sense to to come in and and have that sense of the numinous the 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 other the you know sometimes you can i mean certainly we find that we open the doors and sometimes people come in and they sit there and they will just sit there for half an hour, um, lost in themselves, if you like, you know, just with a sense of being in the presence of something else, if you like, you know, so being, being in the presence of God. Um, 
but or, or whatever you know different people have perhaps different experiences but a building can help you experience that there's something about being in a place where you know in our case we've been there what nearly 400 years so that's a lot of people who've spent time in there praying rejoicing crying you know just being being with one another and that sense of history is important you know um as well as the architecture which lifts you from the mundane to to something else obviously you you said the church is the people and you must be hearing all sorts of stories what positive stories have you been hearing from the community what sort of positive stories of christian spirit have you seen or heard certainly there's lots um lots of people talking about um how they've experienced um i suppose that uh, i mean we would say the presence of god with us in the greater sense of community that there is you know people are talking about how they have experienced um had conversations with neighbors that they rarely talk to um how they feel supported and, and helped by others and able to help others so that's a really positive thing we've had a lot of talk as well about um because people tend to share photos and things of where they've gone for their daily exercise and we've had a lot of a sense of people actually appreciating what they have and what they have near them people obviously will turn to you for guidance and and for wisdom is there anything you can say you know to sum up to sort of reassure people or to sum up your experiences that's happened during the lockdown i think for for me, I mean, obviously, that we've all been making it up as we go along. And that's true of the government, you know. None of us, none of us have got uh, good answers, you know, to, to how to handle all this. Um, but the government have produced guidelines and we're, we're sticking with them. Um, and we're looking out for each other. Um, all we can do is is work to um, do things carefully, to support the rules that, that are put in place, um, to support each other and find ways to support each other, I think is crucial. Um, and to, to be there for each other. And we're definitely trying to do that in our in our small way. We're trying to be a help and a support um, to each other and to the wider community. Reverend Andy Salmon, thank you very much. So it's a pleasure. Reverend Andy Salmon there speaking to Alone Together's Dan McLaughlin. So speaking of staying connected via Zoom, are you managing to keep connected with friends and family, Matt? I am more than yes. Um, not so much with my family over Zoom as they are not the um, the most technically able when it comes to um, using phones and laptops. But, that doesn't uh, run in the family then. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I don't know where I got it from. But it does, um, yeah, it surely helps with, with talking with friends. Uh, we have a, a weekly Saturday Zoom hangout with me and my mates where we all sit down in our living rooms and share a beer and 
you know, what's happened in our, in our weeks, which is nice and something that I look forward to on the weekends. And yes, obviously with, uh, you know, phone calls and everything, it's, technology has definitely made things easier. I dread to think what this situation would have been like if we didn't have technology, you know, if we weren't able to, to quickly phone up a relative or a friend and, and have those conversations. Now, our next guest talks about how religious traditions can still continue even in a lockdown. Ramadan is the holiest month for Muslims because it is when the first revelation of the Quran was sent down 1400 years ago. This year, Ramadan began on April 23rd and is due to end on Saturday, May 23rd. It is the ninth month of the Islamic calendar, but the date changes each year as it is dictated by the lunar calendar and the first sighting of the crescent moon rather than the solar calendar. I spoke to practicing Muslim Tanzir Rahman about how he's adapted some key parts of Ramadan, including fasting, praying, and reaching out to those in need. Hi, Tanzir. Hi, Morven. You okay? Yeah, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. So for anyone who doesn't know, can you please explain the religious tradition of Ramadan? So I think it's a, a, it's a time for a spiritual reflection, you know, improving yourself, uh, bringing you closer to your religion and your faith. You know, um, yeah, that's practically it, what Ramadan is. And one of the key parts of Ramadan is fasting. So can you explain how fasting Mm. and the daily Ramadan routine would normally be without a lockdown? So, I mean, to be honest, it it doesn't, there's a a few key changes, but there are also some similarities with being in lockdown and if we weren't in lockdown. So if we weren't in lockdown, you know, a key aspect of it of the day will be to spend your times of prayer at mosque, you know, for the males. Um, and we would be doing that, at, you know, up to five or six times a day um, to pray inside the mosque. Uh, we'd be having a lot of uh, time together with family and friends, you know, having meals together um, spending time praying together. Um, so that, that's something that we, we would normally do if it, if lockdown wasn't in place, but we can't this year. Um, so that, those are kind of the main aspects um, that, you know, it's, it's changed because of lockdown. So you've kind of touched on this already, but what, what traditions have you had to modify and adapt due to the lockdown? So definitely the prayers, um, you know, that an important aspect of, of Ramadan and fasting is to ensure that you're praying all of your prayers daily. Um, and what one of the extra additional prayers that we do have during Ramadan is um, in the uh, after sunset. So it's called uh, Taravi, uh, but we can't obviously do that whilst we're inside the mosque. Uh, and as a result, we're having to pray that at home. Now, normally um, that if you go to a mosque, it could take well and over an hour to do that in congregation at the mosque. Um, but we're, we're doing that at home now. So that's something that um, we've had to change in the main. Um, in general, um, whether it's Ramadan or not, obviously a, a lot of the prayers that we wouldn't naturally do. So Fridays are really um, holy days for, for, for Muslims all across the world. You know, we have a Jummah prayer, at, you know, middle of the day, and it's a really special prayer for us to go to the mosque to do. Um, again, it's something that we're not able to do at the moment, and we're having to kind of change our ways of, of doing such prayers. And we would do we would do this at home now. And um, with Ramadan being centered around family and community, for example, typically Muslims, as you pointed out, would visit their local mosques or reach out to people in need. So, how are you trying to keep that community feeling during the lockdown? 
to be honest, I think, you know, um, there's still a lot of uh, a, commun- a feel of community to get and togetherness, whether it's to do with the mosques or our normal family, you know, um, and it's an aspect of, for example, technology that has helped us. I think, you know, one of the ways that we've as a family done this is that, you know, we've, I've, I have family in, in Far East and, you know, we've got together just to say, you know, is there, uh, are there families there that could do, you know, with the help, you know, financial help, be it whether we could provide food bags or anything like that. And, you know, that sense of community is still there where we've rallied around family and friends that are here to raise money and we've been able to send you know quite a bit of money to a different country in order to allow them to kind of um have a food to break and eat start their fast with so that kind of community feel and spirit is still there that hasn't changed for many years in the past i think one of the things that has been difficult is that normally we would try and go out and provide um for example homeless uh, people food so i know in the past years uh, when it's Ramadan we've gone uh, as a group you know as a charitable group we've gone to like the centre of Manchester we'd have a, a, a massive Iftar feast um, in Piccadilly Gardens I don't know if you know Manchester but um, those kind of things obviously we're having to kind of put down on but we are still it, that charitable aspect that community feel is still there. And you mentioned um, the role of technology in keeping that sense of community. So would you typically use things like Zoom and other things like that, maybe to speak to family members and keep in contact? So, I mean, I I know I have been and I know a few of my friends and family, you know, are doing their own thing for it. So I think that what I've seen is a massive increase in the use, use of, for example, YouTube, where normally we would go to the mosque to listen to prayers and stuff but that that although that's happening at the mosque as in one individual will go and do their prayer and you know practice the social distancing and stuff like that but we're not able to be there so what they're doing is uploading daily talks um you know to things like podcasts uh, things like youtube um so that we're able to keep up to date with it i know i'm using technology to keep in touch with my family members we're having you know if that for example that's on a, on a live chat and we're all seeing each other although we're not able to be with each other um so it's it's not the same but it it's also um not too indifferent yeah no for sure i think that a lot of people are finding new ways to adapt to what is now known as the new normal so that's really nice and special that you can still use services like YouTube, as you mentioned, and also yeah. use FaceTime and Zoom or whatever that may be. Yeah. And do you think then when things return back to, well, normal as we used to know it, I suppose, do you think that will be even more special then when you're able to then go back to the mosque and also see family and friends and, and things like that? I think definitely. I think, I think you know, before all of this, I think we can all say we took a bit of that normality for for um, granted i think you know when this is and if you know when it is fully over and we will eventually go back to a new normality which kind of resembles what we are used to i think we will you know at first really value what what we do have you know value the family and appreciate that you can see people if and when you want you know you can just jump in a car go to a family or friend's house you can go shopping without any worries or anything like that. you can go to the mosque and praying con- congregation but obviously um yeah we can't do all of that now i mean to be honest though i think there are benefits that not benefits there are some positives out of the virus i think you know um speaking on just for myself and, and not for everybody but you know i've been able to you know 
as a practicing Muslim, I think I've been able to pray my five times prayer for the last couple of weeks while we've been on lockdown. I know that in previous years, it's not something that I've been particularly able to do. Um, you know, having work and, you know, having, to, you know, a lot of other uh, roles to do. And so it's something that I've been able to do. And I know I've not been able to do it before. I know that, you know, as a, as a, as a family, me and my wife were practicing, you know, trying to make healthier foods. Uh, and naturally, we wouldn't normally be doing that. We'd be going out for food if we can. And, you know, it, it's not necessarily healthy food that you get from outside. Um, so there are some positives, but it's to ensure that, you know, we need to continue doing that when this is all over. Yeah, I think what you're saying is true. I think this time has given people more time to reflect and also spend more time with their household. And, you know, like you're saying, take more time to do things like cooking and other recreational things as well. Thank you very much, uh, Tanzir, for your time today. I think uh, our listeners have learned something new. Um, and I think that it's nice to hear that you're still managing to keep your um, religious community going through technology and other ways as well. Yeah, no, definitely. That was Tanzir Rahman sharing his experience so far of Ramadan. He touched on having more time to eat better and pray more. Matt, are you finding that you have more time for self-care during the lockdown? I think so. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think we've mentioned on previous episodes of this podcast. It's. It's definitely a time for us to kind of spend a little bit of time on ourselves. I guess we're. You know, we're we're not able to to go out so much over weekends and evenings. So so we definitely have more time by ourselves where we can you know focus on little things, even if that is you know an extra home workout or developing some cooking skills or or you know simply relaxing and reading a book or trying to learn something new. I think it's definitely a time where which you know we should be embracing it as much as we are kind of you know anxious about what the future holds. Well, that's all we have time for today. If you want more tips and advice on how to take care of yourself in the lockdown, or you want to hear positive community stories, don't forget to listen to our previous episodes. So thank you to all our guests and thank you for listening to our podcast. So stay safe, stay positive, stay informed and stay tuned. This has been a laudable production from the newsrooms of Birmingham Live, the Edinburgh Evening News and the Manchester Evening News. You can download Alone Together wherever you listen to your podcasts. But for exclusive, immersive, interactive content, download the Entail app for iOS and Android. And you can keep in touch with me, Dan and Matt by following Laudable on Twitter where we are at Laudable Pods or by searching for Laudable underscore podcasts on Instagram. See you next time.